You're listening to the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from Stratfor, a rain company. I'm Emily Donahue. It was an event shared around the world. On February 1st, Myanmar's military announced that the Commander-in-Chief of the Defense Services would take on all executive, judicial, and legislative powers. State Councilor Aung San Suu Kyi and other officials were taken into custody. The country was virtually cut off. The U.S. has called this a military coup. What happens next? Evan Reese is Stratfor's Asia-Pacific analyst. Evan, what caused the Myanmar military to take control of the government? Well, it's interesting because many people were puzzled by this action. The Myanmar military has had strong control over the country for, at this point, you know, 60-plus years, right? The past 10 years have seen the military recede a little bit under this new constitution that the military itself created to allow civilian leaders to step in. But the military still had a very strong role. They had 25% of parliament. They have, you know, of course, monopoly on violence. Um, and they have strong economic powers within the Myanmar economy. So, you know, in many ways, doing a coup like this doesn't quite make sense because the military already had many checks and balances in place. That having been said, the military has seen some of its grip erode over the country over the past 10 years, particularly in elections. I mean, the idea that the military had when it transitioned to this sort of semi-democratic system is that the military would allow um, civilian parties to run, but then its own proxy party, the Union Solidarity Development Party, would still follow military interests and, and help them have a foothold in electoral politics. That party has lost ground in both 2015 and 2020. So the most immediate trigger for the coup really was the massive loss by the USDP party um, in November elections. And the military hit back saying there are all sorts of electoral frauds. Those claims aren't really substantiated. The civilian government wasn't interested in investigating and pursuing those. And in the end, the military just moved in and took direct, direct control of the situation. Well, what do the next steps look like for Myanmar domestically? Well, there's a lot of open questions right now. The military has said that it's going to take control of the country for up to one year um, to look at these unsubstantiated electoral fraud allegations and deal with other issues, you know, peacekeeping issues, the COVID-19 pandemic. But when military governments come in, they always say, you know, that their intention is to be a caretaker government and eventually hand it back to civilians. So there's a several different ways they can go with this. I mean, on the lower end of the spectrum, the military could indeed uh, move quickly to try to, you know, weaken the civilian opposition. Now the NLD, National League for Democracy, Aung San Suu Kyi's party, um, and then once they ha- they're more comfortable with that, swing back into elections. On the further end of the spectrum, uh, you could have the military redo the entire constitutional system, completely flip it on its head, and put in a new system, maybe one more like what Thailand has, where the military directly appoints huge parts of parliament. Um, And of course, you know, to some degree, a lot of this depends on how the public reacts. If you have a massive protest movement against the military, that could cut in different directions. You know, that could force the military into a massive crackdown and a backlash that could result in the military holding control for a long period of time. Or if things get to the point where, you know, there's a lot of international pressure, the military could back off a little bit. So there's a lot of open questions right now. Well, we already mentioned that the United States has has identified this as a military coup, but the U.S., China, and India have their eye on Myanmar. What will we see with regard to reactions? Yeah, no, this is an excellent question. I mean, Myanmar, just geographically, it's like this keystone between the Indian subcontinent and China. So, you know, it's not the most important and critical piece of 
real estate in the in the planet, but but for China and India, it's that bridge space between the two of them. So both of them are always trying to exert influence. And for China, it's it's sort of this bridge from interior China um, into the Indian Ocean. So both of those countries are very concerned. And then, of course, for the U.S., the U.S. is concerned just generally about any smaller country within Southeast Asia where China can gain ground. Um, the U.S. has played it carefully. You're right; they did call it a coup, but they they waited a little bit to formally declare that because that comes with implications in terms of assistance for Myanmar. And the U.S. is is worried about losing ground to China and Myanmar in terms of the small investment and trade foothold that the U.S. has there. So they're playing this carefully to try to continue to have influence in Myanmar and not lose it completely to China. Um, China has, you know, a longstanding commitment in its global foreign policy that internal issues are internal issues are internal issues and that China does not interfere in those. And that's been their line on Myanmar. Um, Chinese state-run media referred to the Myanmar coup as um, a cabinet reshuffle or <laughs> or a changeover in government. I mean, they, they played it very soft. And China's also blocked a UN Security Council resolution to uh, condemn the coup. So China's going to continue to try to play outreach to the military. It's going to try to play both sides. Um, and, and it has to be careful with the military because the military is also afraid of Chinese encroachment. That's one of the main reasons that they transitioned to this quasi-democratic system in 2010. Now, the last player to look at, as you mentioned, is India. India's in a little bit of a more awkward position. They don't have the money to put up that China has in Myanmar. So they have never really had the level of influence that China has. And India also is, you know, to some degree, partnering with the U.S. and trying to counter China regionally. So if the U.S. goes hard on human rights issues and democracy issues in Myanmar, that will make it really difficult for India to reach out to the Myanmar government. So they're doing the best they can to try to preserve outreach to Myanmar, preserve some of the military cooperation they've engaged in with Myanmar, but they're in a very awkward position. Evan Reese is an Asia-Pacific analyst for Stratfor, a rain company. You can stay updated on all of the geopolitical analysis from Stratfor. Sign up today for the free newsletter. Visit worldview.stratfor.com. That's worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.